Hi, Stu from the future here. Just to quickly let you know, there is some audio disruption in the background on the podcast because it's half term. Understandable. But it doesn't get too intrusive. Okay, enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. I will get it right, it's the MHG Podcast. Once again, I'm Bradley and joining me this week, he puts the fun in fungible and he puts the two in tokens, something like that. Uh, but he definitely exists and definitely not on the blockchain, it's true. How you doing, Stu? I probably put the tool in tokens, to be honest, I don't know. The tool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Please forgive me. You're some kind of rubbish monkey art. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very hilarious to me because I would never spend yeah. any money on it. So, yeah, it all seems a bit But daft. you could just download it. I know. <laughs> exactly. I because it. they own it, but they don't own yeah. it. So, you know, yeah. whatever you want. Oh, it's, um, it's such a snake oil con man's dream, isn't it, really? Have you bought your tickets and condo at Crypto Land yet? Sadly not, and it's unlikely to happen. Have you heard of Crypto Land? Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. Jesus Christ. I managed to see their um, promotional video about it, and it's like someone's done a video version of a video game asset flip. Oh, it's like something they, they'd come up with on The Apprentice, and that you just sit there cringing. I don't watch The Apprentice, um, so I can't compare. NFTs would fit um, in what? perfectly with what they do on The Apprentice. Oh, is it one of those that come up with like bad business ideas, but because it's in the confines of a TV show, it's good. Yeah, it's basically and like they give it. these teams, they have to compete, and they say, okay, you've got to come up with a design for such and such. And the, within that, they're allowed to come up with any sort of design or concept they like, really. Yeah. And the, yeah, NFTs is one of the things I'd expect that group of idiots to come up with. Oh, it's like when you're at school and they put you into like smaller groups and they go, right, okay. And the scenario is... This road here has been really busy and we need to make it safe. So in your groups, how can you do that? And then you do it. You go, yeah, we, we, we've done this. We, we, we could be town planners. Yeah. But in re- reality, that's not how life nope. works. <laughs> but that's exactly what And I didn't destroy the planet either. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Talking of destroying the planet, video games. Hmm. I'm not sure about that segue. Some, Some can. can. NFTs certainly can. Well, Ubisoft can. Oh, let's not talk about them. Uh, well, uh, yeah, if, it, if it's dodgy, Ubisoft have got their fingers in it. So, uh, But anyway, what have you been playing? Jim? Let's talk about some positive, good video game stuff. What have you been playing? Yeah, absolutely. So to start off with, as has become common, I'll talk about a Mega Drive game I've been playing, which in this case is Rolling Thunder 2, which is a, fa- nice. yeah, yeah, a fairly early one from the Mega Drive stable. And, you know, kind of looks it. It's probably you know not one of the largest roms in the world <laughs> not even in the mega drive space but it looks really nice it's got a kind of 80s anime aesthetic as you'd expect and oh, it made me think actually a lot about like modern anime and you know some of it looks really good but a lot of it i find is like these very infantilized characters you know i mean some yeah. of them are deliberately like young teenagers which is fine as long as they're not hypersexualized but there's a lot that are supposedly adults that also look like kids and it's it seems to have become even more of a theme as the years have gone on that you know a lot of anime is mm, has a very strange vibe that i'm not really there for you know what i mean yeah i'm not overly comfortable with it it's kind of like trying to go but but they're not actually kids 
Yeah, that's that's the yeah. that's the impression I get on some of these things, you know. Which fits in nicely to Crypto Lad we were talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah, no, I get the aesthetic. I'm only that, yeah, I, I, I'm getting where you're coming from with that. Yeah. So thankfully, you know, Rowing Thunder's not part of that kind of era whatsoever, and it has a very different vibe. And yeah, you can play it as either a male spy or a female spy type thing and you go around these levels and yeah she's a, a tad sexualized but you know it was the, it was the 90s it was well it was i think it was the 80s hang on i'm gonna look at my cartridge 1990 i, I, I want to say i played this i played this on the mega drive i'm sure it was like 90 90 one or two or something like that yeah you're very close i've just looked at the cartridge 1990 to 91 it says so yeah 1991 yeah, so yeah very early 90s and yeah it's got a better you know it uh, yeah oh, it's hard to say but it, it it definitely looks like its own thing and it doesn't look like it's trying to infantilize and sexualize people unnecessarily yeah that's a very long bit of conversation about something that's probably not very important in the grand scheme of things but it's more just to say that in terms of animation style in terms of its influences it looks cool because it it has that kind of the characters are very stringy and they're very kind of westernized and you know that's very typical of late 80s early 90s anime really um yeah and i'm there for it you know i kind of like it it looks it doesn't look anything like human beings look, but who cares? It's it's cartoon. It's got that. It, it's almost like someone's watched Akira and then played a Vanillaware game and went, "Ooh, okay, yeah, that'll do." Kind of. Although Vanillaware, I love Vanillaware. They're one of my favourites. Yeah. Um, but they're they're very they're much ludicrous. Kind of, we spoke about it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're very much kind of you know kind of cutesy and this is this is much more kind of oh god yeah that's what i mean but he, i mean the uh if i remember correctly the guy that's got like he's like big bulging chest you know he's, he's very top heavy and oh no they're much more in that older anime thing of being very very skinny very stringy yeah very uh you know thin um like whip it like <laughs> characters and that I was a thing i'm gonna build up i'm gonna build up images now because i'm sure i must be misremembering yeah. yes it's very um it ties in with a thing that's sort of very general in in society, in that people were much thinner in the past. When f- oh no, you are right. Yeah, sorry. But my brain, much old brain, must have saw us more muscular and stuff. But no, you are right. Yeah. Oh, I'm always right. I thought you'd have learned this by now. But uh, oh yeah, no. Um, <laughs> no, really not true. But um, yeah. <laughs> the, that kind of whip it thin thing in anime was only i mean it's still around now because i think the japanese generally you know doing a very very large stereotype are thinner than westerners um but even then they've bulked up you know this idea of being muscular and heavier uh you know to be a hero is is definitely a kind of 2000s thing you know yeah and yeah, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we should probably talk about the game a little bit. And it, the what? <laughs> I know, I know, right? So you basically, yeah, you, you, it's it's very similar to Shinobi in certain aspects. So you walk along; it's split into these multi-tiered areas. So there's a, a level above you that you have to push up and then jump to access, and you have to use both because the enemies come from both areas and they can drop things on you and you can't shoot upwards so very similar to shinobi like that it's even kind of it's just as difficult but in a slightly different way so there's no pitfalls no drops no instant death 
drops and stuff but the the number of enemies the speed at which they spawn and then shoot and the fact that it's all one hit kills makes it really really hard so it's almost like a puzzle game in that you yeah you need good reactions but you know you do also need to memorize patterns and you know make sure that you're not screwing it up and the overwhelming thing with it, that what well, can be overwhelming, is that not only do you have a limited number of bullets, so you can't just like blaze away and shoot every you know each direction as you're walking along, which was my tactic with Shinobi, but yeah. you also have a time limit, and it's not a particularly strict time limit, but it's still there, so you can't. So it it immediately <laughs> takes away two tactics and techniques that you might want to employ which are either a you know shoot in both directions so that you're uh, always covering and not they can't get the jump on you quite as easily or taking it very very slow and being very cautious and you can't do either of those things you're forced to play the game at its own pace even though it's very very difficult and it's one hit kills so it's tough but the levels are really really short and there's not very many of them and it's in designed to be that kind of short intense experience that you'd get in the arcades and it's not perfect because the enemies are all very similar their patterns are very similar like i'm up to level four of i think it's six or eight at the moment and like there's only been like a couple of enemy types introduced so that's its biggest failing but it's still good really good fun i've really been enjoying myself with it yeah there's something imminently playable about a lot of games from that era even if they were good or great they were still just playable i i really i mean obviously i can't remember it properly or i had some kind of weird personal fantasy about what people should look like back then as we've just recently discovered um but i just maybe just like playing it enjoying it and then moving on but it's the one that never stuck with me but kind of did at the same time that whenever it gets brought up i go oh yeah that 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 I remember that. Yeah. Well, I was having a good think about, and this will bore like 90% of people, so I highly advise you to skip forward a minute if you're not interested, about arcades. But I was thinking about arcade games and how the Jammer standard was really good in that it made arcade operators easily able to swap out their games so that they didn't have to buy great big bespoke cabinets, you know, all the time. And, you know, that has its pluses and minuses in and of itself. But one of the minuses was that it meant there were a lot of very similar platform games and shooters that came out uh, around, you know, the mid to late 80s and even into the early 90s. And I think, you know, part of the difficulty then became, you know, do we go cheap and, and mainstream and wide, you know, as wide as we can and make these accessible games that are getting stale or do we spend more money on like you know fiberglass skis and virtual reality headsets and shit like that so i mean yes you should yes but you know <laughs> that started to become unviable on a financial level which is unfortunate but i think what made this stand out a little bit even back then was that it wasn't a standard type of platformer in a mold of something else it, because it had this very unique well, not unique, because Shinobi did it, but, you know, this thing about the levels and the way that it asked you to pace yourself out through the level. And, you know, that, that you know, it doesn't make it, like you said, it doesn't make it a great game. Uh, and it doesn't even make it a kind of real standout. But it certainly gave, gave it enough of an edge yeah. for the name to persist, I think. 
yeah, I mean, it's one of those. If they was to do a reboot of the series, I'd be my interest would be peaked instantly. Yeah, exactly. I would give it a go. The thing is, it has been utterly superseded and made obsolete, really, by Elevator Action Returns, um, which was on the arcade and came out on the Saturn. Uh, It was a similar type of game, but it's just better in every single way. (laughs) You know, I would love to see a reboot of that series. Yeah, I'm with you. And I I remember sort of like that gameplay you talked about. It's almost like um, the the Contra Metal Slug style gameplay where you, you know, side-scrolling, but you had enemies from above, below, and stuff like that. And I want to see more of those. I'd like to see more of those redone in a modern style, like 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 the um, Metroid failures are all getting their stuff now. I want to see more of the um, of this style sort of like make a comeback. I know we had a brief one with ah, oh, what was it called? It was with all like the eighties action stars in it. Oh, uh, Broforce. Bro, Broforce, yeah. Uh, but that was that was enjoyable, but it's like kind of stopped at that, and it's it's a bit of a shame because again, I think they're a very unique style of game and one that hasn't been revisited much in in recent years. Yeah, totally agree. Broforce was very much like them doing Contra and uh, and yeah. stuff like that, Midnight Resistance. So yeah, I would like the same. I would like something that brought this very yeah. very specific type of game back, and there is only really, you know, Rolling Thunder, Shinobi. Uh, elevator action returns and a, maybe a couple of others that do it in this kind of puzzly kind of way um and i think yeah because they kind of move it, there's a little bit of it in sunset riders but not very much yeah. it's more of a straight shooter but you know it that's so colorful and so much of a more sophisticated graphical era that you'd be more inclined to go for that. But yeah, to go to your point, if we're getting like copies, like, we, you know, we were talking about Ninja Gaiden last week and yeah. how there are a lot of copies of that because it because the NES was so massive in America that a lot of kids were brought up on Ninja Gaiden, the, the NES version specifically. And so you get loads of games like Cyber Shadow that copy it. But there are very few kind of Shinobi and Rolling Thunder style copies and we need to have that brought back. I agree. 100%. And they're right for it now. So maybe, maybe that's what's next. Yeah. Uh, and if people want it, they can even do a rogue version of it just to keep it in line so you can <laughs> bleed from one to the other. Indeed. But, but I've been playing a game that spawned a genre recently and is a very, well, at one point I suppose is very unique. I've been playing Dynasty or Dynasty Warriors, Nine Empires. Right. Is it Dynasty or Dynasty? What do you say? I say Dynasty. I think Dynasty is more of the American pronunciation, but either is fine. I say Dynasty, so yeah. But anyway, I've been playing Dynasty Warriors Nine Empires, and boy, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, I love Musu games, Musu games, have you, again, however you want to pronounce it. I, you know, absolutely. The idea of just like turning off your brain, having one or two buttons, and just feeling like an absolute god as you smash through crowds of enemies and everything is just it's it's what you want like a power fantasy to be in video game form yeah. and uh, you know all the way up to i mean we'll go back everyone anyone knows their history of the dynasty warriors series knows that the first dynasty warriors was actually a one-on-one fighting game um and then it kind of merged went into this musu style game 
Uh, up until about Dynasty Warriors, I want to say seven, possibly even eight. I was, I was just all in on them, really enjoyed them. I like the offshoot, so Fire Emblem Warriors is really good. Obviously, the recent Nintendo Direct, they announced a new Fire Emblem Warriors game, Three Hopes, I think it's called. Really excited for that. You've got the two Hyrule Warriors games. Really love those. They're brilliant. Persona's even got in on the action with Persona 5 Strikers, which is, again, I've spoken about it. It's a really weird mix. It's a full-on Persona game, but with Musu battle mechanics. Oh, sublime. Um, so, Basically, Koei Tecmo have got this down to a T, or they should have, at least. So I don't know why they tried to change it up for Dynasty Warriors 9. It just did not work. So essentially what you've got with Dynasty Warriors 9, I'll be playing the Empire's Deluxe Edition of this, with all the added stuff into it as well, is you still get your Dynasty Warriors battles which is fine it's absolutely fine and um, those who are really into the deep law of it will find a few bits that they don't like but i'm not too bothered about the deep law i just want to smash it up essentially but that's all fine but the problem is they decided to make the whole game this massive open world thing so you've got you spend actually more time traversing between empty spaces than you do actually in battles ah. now to me a mosu game is you are you you load it up you go through a couple of menus, you start and you hammer a few buttons until you've cleared everything and moved on. Small maps, absolutely. You nailed that concept. Why they've gone to open world, I do not know. And it's boring. And that's the worst thing I can say about the game is it's boring. Oh, man. How can you make a game, a Musu game like that, boring? Uh, that's Sure, you have to go out of your way to make it dull. Yeah, I mean, I, I was worried that the uh, Persona 5 Strikers would, would not work because it was, when, especially when I heard it was more a Persona game than a Musu game. I was like, oh, no, is that really going to take me out of what I want from a Musu game? But no, it, it worked really, really well because when you go into battles, you're focused on those battles and that's exactly what you want. So when I'm in-game, in a Musu game, you want to be hammering a button and, you know, destroying crowds of enemies. By the way, Dead Rising Musu, make that happen, someone. And, yeah, this just isn't it. I, I, I don't know. It's like they tried to evolve what it is. It, it's like, the, the best way I could describe it, it'd be like National Lampoons trying to get, thinking they could get highbrow. Yeah. Just don't. You don't need to. Yeah. And this is what it doesn't need doing. I mean... You know, you've got sort of a wide range of, like, officers you still have to go for, as well as, you know, like, you've got, like, your specific ones. There's about, I think they said, like, 80 or 100 or something of, like, specific big officers and hundreds of generic officers that you can take down and, and then, obviously, thousands upon thousands of minions, essentially, um, which is all really good. You could command your armies. I don't want to command my armies too much. It feels like they tried to go more in depth with the army commanding. I just want to say, look, you deal with that. I'm just going to go and deal with that. That's all I want. That's the most tactics I want from a Musu game. But so it's got these castle siege things that are going on. And I just, it, it, it's one of those things where it feels like they've looked at it, they've put it down on paper, and it looks really good on paper. Yet no one's had the wherewithal to turn around during the testing phase and go look this isn't working yeah and they decided they had to still go forward with it 
And it's, yeah, it's a shame. But I, I, I do wonder whether Dynasty Warriors now is not their main focus. Um, whether their main focus is on licensing out to other properties. Because Dynasty Warriors is not as playable now as Hyrule Warriors, as Persona 5, as Fire Emblem. Um, I even like Dragon, Cross, uh, Dragon Quest Musu game that, that came out a while back as well. I'd love to see another update on that. So I do wonder if that's their plan now, is to maybe fade Dynasty Warriors away and push on to more licensing-based stuff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And also, you know, I still get this impression that Japanese developers are, are struggling a little bit. And I'm, you know, preface this by saying that I'm biased towards Japanese developers. I, yeah. I grew up with Japanese games being the best. And, and whether they still are or they still aren't, I still kind of gravitate towards them as, as my favourites. And that, But even with that said, I, I do feel like they're struggling to cope and to catch up a little bit with Western development. And I, it sounds from what you said as though they might be trying to chase the kind of open world dream and thought, oh, you know, if we can blend Musu gaming with an open, like an open world environment, then we've hit the you know special source. I don't know if that you know could be part of it. Possibly, but okay. So, open world, and this is something I still think a lot of people struggle with. Open world doesn't always have to be big. No, no. Yakuza has proved that. Now, if you'd have said to me, Dynasty Warriors open world in a map the sort of size of a Yakuza map, yeah, do you know what? Sign me up. That that sounds really, really good. Yeah. I could do that. Um, or if they'd have kept this but not had the vast open areas of nothingness and brought everything a bit closer together, again, it could have worked as a hub world. I, I get that. You know, a bit, a little bit of downtime between these massive open battles and stuff. I get that. But, I mean, I, I think on time one, I was finally like, it felt like 10 minutes of nothing in a Musu game. It's, you don't do that. Yeah, no. You just don't do it. So, I, I say, it's boring, open world, doesn't work. Um, you know, there's a general fight to there, but even that feels a bit toned back. Lean into it. It's stupid. It's meant to be stupid. That's what I want from a Musu game. If I want Kybrow and I want something that's going to make me sit there and think, then I'll play Disco Elysium. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or something like that. I, sometimes I just want to switch off and murder thousands upon thousands of people well yeah and uh, like it's a very specifically cultural thing i think as well again you know here here i am stereotyping once more <laughs> but, um, uh, it seems though you know that kind of you know, the, the sort of western idea of being a, a solitary hero is you kind of you fight goons who you crush easily and then you fight a boss who represents i don't know your boss at work or your dad or whoever it is you hate and then you beat them you know talking you know obviously psychologically yes whereas in japan it seems to be you fight large groups you become like a deity and you you're able to crush huge groups of people yeah um maybe because you know their heritage is that you know they've been invaded a lot you know that could be part of it um you've got you know china and in the past mongolia and all sorts of people who, who invaded not that the japanese didn't in return god talking about this is really like walking on a tightrope anyway <laughs> in terms of the game itself i think it's kind of like yeah you just want to step into that world where it's you crushing huge amounts of enemies with increasingly 
excellent moves and why go any further than that and I really enjoyed Hyrule Warriors nicking that concept I thought it was yeah. really great so why change it you know yeah and I mean if they wanted some downtime I mean and they wanted to add a bit of commentary to it uh, social commentary what they could have done was after each battle they could have had you have to sign the number of parchments that you have to send to the families of everyone you've murdered that's a really good idea. I like that. I mean, you'll be there for about a week signing stuff, but <laughs> but yeah, it's I I I I just don't know what they've done, and it, it is really disappointing, and it it even feels a bit more low key as well, and <sighs> yeah, gutted really because I, it feels like it's the death of a series. Um, thankfully, I don't think it'll kill the drama because I think that's going to go on. But answer me this, answer me this, Dead Rising. Is it technically a Musu game? Oh, uh, I'd say it, its bones are in the Musu genre. Um, but I think it takes it so far in other directions that it, it's a thing of itself. Would you pay good money for full Dead Rising Musu game? Probably not, no. Ironically, oh, even would. though Capcom's like one of my absolute favourite developers, I've never been a big Dead Rising fan. So personally, Have you not? No, no, not really into it. I did not I mean three of I didn't three got too gritty, four is just god awful. I, 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 weird tangent. How? Ah, oh, just no. Just I'm not even going to go there. But they messed up four, and I don't know how they. It's almost felt like four was their point where they went, oh, we better think about how we're making games, and then that's what set them on the course of making sure that the Resi remakes were good. Yeah. Because Dead Rising four, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's like. In the original Dead Rising, you had, like, everything was individual. So, like, bowling ball. You go to a sports shop, you could pick up each individual bowling ball on a shelf. And it was... It, whereas you go into it on Dead Rising 4 and stuff, and, like, they had, like, magazine racks. And the magazines and stuff were, like, just, like, textures. Ah! Lazy. Ah. Lazy. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Dynasty Warriors 9. Boring. I mean, again, it's not bad. I'm not going to say bad. It's not a badly made game. It's just boring nah, nah. stick with eight play one of the others uh just yeah so yeah what's up from you next well i'll do a very brief one because it's a, just a demo so far but it's mega drive again but it's a new game and it's called the cursed knight and it's a kind of it's good it's a kind of hybrid shooter platformer very much in the graphical style of mega man and it's really good the demo is very very good i was playing it and i was like oh, i'm not sure about this it's just yeah well, everything i've seen before but then after a little while i was like oh i want to put that back on again and get to the next bit and i was surprised myself with that and the reason is because the level design is really excellent it's you have this ability in some sections to flip gravity so that you're on the ceiling and upside down yeah and Obviously, that changes your jump, but you you control where you flip between them, and that's not a new mechanic. That's been done loads. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a bit out of V, 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 V. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the letter V six times or whatever it's called, and, you know, even, like, Symphony of the Night and stuff like that, Yeah, uh, but loads of other stuff too. But, yeah, it uses it really well, and it designs the levels around it very well, and even the ones where you're just doing basic shooting... The, the level design is cool. They they took away kind of fairly important power-ups in little sort of squiggly areas that you, ha you, you zip into and zip out of. So it's kind of a mashup of Mega Man, Forgotten Worlds, 
Symphony of the Night. It very early Capcom influenced, and yeah, it's it's very impressive so far. I completed the demo. You have to beat this gigantic robot thing that is brilliantly animated. It's really good. It uses a lot of the tricks that they found capable of you know, the Mega Drive late on in its life. Really impressive, and and so I was kind of like, yeah, this is this is really good stuff. So I'm kind of looking forward to the full release of that whenever that is. Hopefully this year. Yeah, no, I, 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 again, we've spoke about this many times, I think, between us, about re- or making new games based on, like, for the old hardware, uh, but knowing what limitations we can get rid of now and stuff like that. Yeah. And it sounds it sounds really interesting. I'm, I'm going to make a note of that and check that one out myself, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's entirely playable on emulators and stuff. And, you know, what's impressive on the dedicate on the actual hardware is there's no slowdown it's fully like 60 frames per second no slowdown really smooth scrolling loads of parallax scrolling as well really big enemies you know like say big bosses with funny sprite effects on it pseudo 3d effects so it pushes a lot of stuff that yeah okay you can chuck as much memory at these games as you want nowadays that's not really a cost but you still have to stay within the constraints of the hardware and it does it really really well and very slick so yeah one to keep an eye on fair enough yeah no i'll I'll definitely check that out Uh, so moving on um, i'm going to describe this game i've been playing i want to see if you can tell me what the title of this (laughs) game would be or or what 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 genre what series this game's in okay okay so it's an epic top-down action RPG in which you explore a beautiful, let's say, island, shall we? Let's say island as this character. You have to complete different missions and fight monsters, go into dungeons, solve puzzles, and unravel a bit of a mystery. And all done, it's, you know, it's, it's a lovely top-down sort of like pixel art style. What, what sort of, what, sort, what does that sound like <laughs> that, that sounds exactly like Zelda. My God, yes, it does sound exactly like Zelda. And what I've been playing is not Zelda. It's called Ocean's Heart. Hey. Um, on the Switch. Now, what's brilliant is you go to the box art of Ocean's Heart and it's from from the, the immediacy, it's going, uh, look, it's Zelda in all but name. <laughs> in the box art alone, it's like, like they've, they've really gone for it. Um, and this is, this is, it's not a clone. I don't want to say it's a clone or anything like that. Um, this is, I'm not putting this game down. So let me caveat everything by going, it's brilliant. Ocean's Heart is wonderful. Oh, cool. So, but it's a, it feels like a fan-made Zelda game. But they've, they've gone, oh, how can we get, not get a cease and desist from Nintendo? And this is how they've done it. So you play a um, a lady, a, a, young, a young woman. She's called, I want to say, Tilia, I think it's pronounced, um, or Tilla, Tiala. I can't, I can't quite remember what the spelling was, but I, I think I know as Tilia, I was pronouncing it. She wears a, like, a blue tunic-y type thing. <laughs> it's like, um, but yeah, it's very clear, blonde hair. And the boots and everything. And yeah, she goes on. She can, she picks up her weapons and she can fight enemies, close-ups and long-range stuff, depending on what you pick up and what you go through. And it, it, it is Zelda, I said it all but name. And that's a good thing because games that try and rip off Zelda but try and be too different, you just go, well, I see what you're trying to do. Just 
go for it. Yeah. Because yeah. this doesn't work because you've tried to be too different. You know, it's not as if what they've done is taken like Link to the Past and they just slapped a new skin on it. It is, you know, it's it's own thing. It's got its own missions, its own story. It, it feels different in the right places. But then it feels settled in all the in all the right places as well. Um, so there is like there's there's craft, there's light crafting in it uh, and stuff like that, and survival which is needed, and that adds a nice little layer to it, to where it helps differentiate. Um, it's got good quirky humour to it, which I really enjoyed. And you you know you could the different weapons you could pick up again. There's all the, all the stuff. If you have played Zelda, you you know. So I don't want to. I feel like if I describe it, I'm just describing Zelda. Yeah. Uh, but all I just want to point out is it's just a really good game. Um, it's not better than Zelda, um, you know, in any way, shape or form. But as someone who enjoys the 2D Zeldas and has played them all to death and, you know, would, would rather see a new 2D Zelda than a new Breath of the Wild, as good as Breath of the Wild is, this fills those 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 little gaps really, really well. Um probably i don't even know i'm probably about i want to say eight to ten hours in at the moment i've not finished it yet mm, uh but yeah. it feels like it's coming to a conclusion soon uh, so again i think zelda's always been good in terms of its length and this seems to be following that as well so it's not gone for hey we're zelda but look it's a hundred hour epic or anything like that it's obviously breath of the wild was but, you know, the 2D ones were, again, I want to say, what, 15 hours, maybe, a 2D Zelda? Yeah, probably about that. Maybe 20. Give or take? Yeah, give or take. Uh, again, it all depends on side missions, how stupid you are and stuff like that, I suppose. So, yeah, it took me about 40 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's really, really good. It's colourful. You talking about um, the game you just spoke about. This feels like it wouldn't be this. This could have been made and put on a snares quite easily. Yeah, I would have been at home there. But yeah, just I don't want to say I don't want to say too much and ruin the experience for people because it's worth going into cold yeah. as well. Well, um, it looks lovely, so it yeah. Uh, yeah definitely got my attention because I do. I'm not a huge fan of the the two D Zelda's. I like them, but I'm not you know totally obsessed yeah. but i'm willing to give this one a go because yeah it looks looks really solid yeah i mean a term that i think is often overused in term in, when they make homage games is love letters yeah because sometimes that feels like it's an excuse to rip something off but no this is a love letter to zelda this is the 50 shades of gray fanfic but better to <laughs> Zelda's Twilight, but better. Oh, very good. <laughs> um, it's the only fanfic expansion that went on to become something I could think of. But yeah, no, it's, it is a pure love letter. It's it's made with someone who adores the genre, adores the series, and just wanted more of the same. So yeah, brilliant. Play it. Ocean's Heart. It's on Steam. It's on Switch. Um, I'll be playing it on Switch, but it's, um, oh yeah, really, really good game. Yeah, cool. What's next from you? So, uh, the only thing left, really, I had a quick go on Arizona Sunshine, which is a VR game. Oh, wow, yes. Yeah, it's kind of a, pretty much a horde shooter kind of experience, but with some very minimal kind of puzzly bits. Not puzzle, but you're just yeah. environmental, switch this, move here, turn this on, turn this off kind of situation. A very, very kind of Resident Evil light 
Uh, even lighter than light Resident <laughs> Evil, really. It's it's more of just uh, Resident Evil. I'll have the lettuce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a kind of house of the even more nullified House of the Dead kind of thing. It's you know, it's it's very yeah. bright, cartoonish, silly looking. You know, even though it's got splattery brains, it's it's a it's a funny kind of mix. Um, it's all right. It's okay. It's. It's one of those that, like, if you picked it up back in whenever it came out, 2016, 17, or whatever, you'd probably been, you know, oh, my God, you know, this is this is fantastic. But after so many of these types of games now, where it's yeah, it's about... They're kind of like, like gun shooters, you know? They're, like, they're the equivalent of first-person shooters, but in, in VR, which turns into more of, like, a like gun shooter style thing. It's, it's okay. It's solid. But it's not great. It's for me you know it it's got a fun conceit you know you're in the arizona desert so it is very bright and colorful and you know it's got loads of silly tourist attraction stuff that you're moving around and you're going into mines and stuff so it's got unusual environments which changes things up but you know when, when you've played half-life alex you don't really want to go backwards and uh, it's very much backwards from that so it's okay you know it's all right for a blast but it's not even you know, I was talking about arcade uh, a little while yes. ago. Yeah, so it's Tron styled. And that throws in some stuff like, you know, it has bonuses for killing certain things at certain times. And, you know, it just brings in a few of those arcadey elements to it to just have, you know, a reason to go back to it. And Arizona Sunshine's more, yeah, it's it's just fairly basic. It's fine. It's okay. If you can get it cheap, get it, have a blast on it no problem whatsoever you'll not waste your time you'll enjoy it but seek it out i don't know i I wouldn't say bother seeking it out to be honest it's um i've not played it uh but this is when i was looking a few years back at looking at getting a a vr set up at some point this is why the guys looked at i went oh this you know it's it it, yeah the house of the dead feels was like oh it's a zombie first person light gun game um i was like yeah i'll give this a go but the one thing that still sticks with me today, and as soon as you remembered it, I was uh, as soon as you mentioned it, I was like uh, giggling to myself inside. The promotional videos for it, and I remember this. It kind of all fits in. It's all in game works really well. But then it does a cut to um, the guy with the guns, and he's wearing a VR headset in game. And I was like, "What? <laughs> Why?" That is weird. Yeah. And what what also got me as well, and it's one of the things that's always bugged me with VR. This is clearly a light gun game. It, 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 I mean, is it on rails, by the way? No. It, it's kind of no, like okay. little hubby bits. So you, you kind of go into an area uh, with full movement or teleportation, whichever you prefer. Yeah. And then you're kind of locked into that area whilst the horde of zombies comes. It's like a, it is kind of like a horde shooter, but you can move around, no. you know, with within a sort of 20, 30 square foot radius kind of thing. Fair enough. Um, when I looked at it, it looked a bit like a, a like a Time Crisis House of the Dead style, like rail yeah. shooter type thing. On. But it's, um, I, that's, for me, that's still what VR's missing, a proper Time Crisis type thing as a whole. Um, I don't like the disembodied hands. Disembodied hands really weird me out. They still do. I can't. When I tried them on VR, when I had the PSVR set up and I played a couple of VR games on the PC, disembodied hands, just it's so immersion-breaking to me. 
Yeah. That that's I'd, I'd rather have nothing there. Right. And, uh, just a reticle. I don't know. I, I, I'm probably I'm probably alone in that. I don't know because uh, yeah, some people do struggle with that disassociation. The, there are a few games that do have the arms, but the problem is like when you're holding the controllers because of the haptics, it knows exactly where your hands are, so it's representing them. Yeah. But the arms, like in those games, I often find they're too skinny or they're too big. They're pointing in the wrong direction. They're further in the body than my arms are. Yeah. Uh, or they're further out, and it's not representing where they are properly. And that makes it feel even more weird and more of a disconnect. So I think that's why they often just go with the disembodied hands because that can be accurate and the arms aren't. But they do have arms in, you know, Lone Echo, which is one of my favourite VR games of all time. And that actually does it pretty well. But you're in the body of a robot and it's kind of like, yeah, you're kind of, it's not supposed to be you. It's supposed to be, you know, something else. And I think that works, that works pretty well. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah that that works well. I mean, the the other way around it is make every character you play Rayman. <laughs> yeah, just tell yourself that's who you are, and you'll be fine. Well, if I could mod in Rayman hands in everything that's VR, then yeah, okay, we could do there that. There you are. Um, but Job done. Yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it, uh, oh, I, I just really want a VR house and a dead proper. Because it just feels like that that work, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad someone's played it because it was one that always intrigued me, and I really fancy playing when I was looking at shall I do VR. So to hear it's just all right, that will do me. I don't, I, I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> Not that I was worried about it. That's that's a really weird sentence. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> I do know yeah. what you mean. No, you don't have to trouble yourself with it any further. Um, there are other ones that you need to trouble yourself with because they're excellent, but I'm not going to name them because it'll just make you have FOMO, so I'll, I'll leave them. Well, I know one's Half-Life Alex, that's for sure. <laughs> and Lone Echo. But yeah, no, VR's coming down. I've, I've noticed you could get a Quest and all that for around 200 quid now, which would be tempting, but again, I don't know if it's just plug and play into Steam or not, which is what worries me. So I'll, I'll, I'll look at it all down the line a bit further if my eyes get better enough for me to start doing VR again, which they're not at the moment. So I don't actually feel like I'm missing out because I can't see anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you see it for a fiver, buy it. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother. No, makes sense. So moving on, just a brief ending for me, really, this one. Went to a local uh, free play arcade place in South Ends with with Lucas the other day as a as a half term treat. Nice. Want to get? I want arcades to do well. I want arcades to do well. Um, this is more the, the reason I'm saying this. This is this is going to be some massive hypocrisy on my part coming up. I want them to do well, so I decided I'll take Lucas down because they had pinball tables there. Uh, pinball tables because of the, the way they light up. And the way they do, they're the sort the games I can still play because they're very physical feeling as well. So I can still play them without it being too much of a glare on my eyes, and I can sort of kind of you can't feel where the ball is, but you kind of get a feel for things. It's so hard to explain unless you play the pinball table um, in real life. So I thought I'll give those a go while we're there. Lucas played on the few of the arcade machines it's got, so it's like a fiver to get in. It's only open for two hours. And you get to play everything in there for free, uh, which is really good. Uh, that's what arcades should be doing moving forward. Like, free to play, pay an entry fee, there you go. 
but we went there. I thought, right, it's open for two hours on a Friday, two hours on a Saturday, and then two hours on a Wednesday in school holidays. So I thought, oh, if it's only open about uh, at most six hours a week, I'm really feeling this. I'm like, they must really look after their cabinets, you know, because they've got all that time to get it all sorted, cleaned, maintained and everything. I'm like, really, it's got to be really well looked after. Yeah. So we went, uh, we got there a bit early, had, to, had a coffee, um, went to go in and went to go in and it's like, queue started building up. Oh, it's a queue, so it's popular, so... Got we went in there. Um, I've got my white symbol cane that's loose in there. The guy at the door goes, Just one of you. He's like, No, two. He's went, kind of looked at us and like, Looks he looked at you really weird, dad. It's like, Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're, you're blind. It's like, Yeah, no, I'm partially sighted, don't worry, but I still want to try stuff. So, uh, we went in and they've got like a Daytona machine now. The, Daytona machine was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm, I don't care how blind I am. I'm going on Daytona. One of the screens was glitched, so you couldn't play it two player. Um, oh. And there was an arsehole kid on the other one doing an 80 lap price. Fuck you, kid. Oh. Right, don't do that. Um, they had Time Crisis, House of the Dead, stuff like that. Uh, played those. Uh, there was an issue with those, and I'll come back to what all that is in a minute. They had, in terms of pinball tables, they had uh, Monopoly, uh, which is a cool table. They had Jackbot, which is a really good table. I really enjoy Jackbot. Um, they had Jokers, which is uh, an old dish table. But again, it's, it's it's not one of my favourites, but it's playable. They also had Street Fighter 2, but that wasn't working. and was switched off. Now, when I saw Switch Street Fighter was switched off, I was like, oh, good side. Must be a good side. You know, must be issues with the table, so they've not turned it on. So I get that. So when I played Jackbot and... Don't know what was up with the table, but it was like the physics were off. People who understand people know it's like you couldn't juggle the balls properly on the flippers. Because what you do is you kind of, you catch, catch a ball, you, you hold it on the flipper, and you could double tap very, very quickly. And you could kind of juggle the ball, get it moving, flip it from one to the other and stuff like that. Couldn't do any of that because it just wasn't reacting. So all the contacts were dirty on the... Um, on the on the uh, buttons, oh, no. uh, so it wasn't reacting quick enough, or you know, it just hadn't been fixed properly. Which is a shame because apparently it was one of their new tables they had there. And something got me like just physics felt like I kept like going down like one of the uh, dead lanes, um, running out of uh, like uh, draining lanes, and it was like, why does it keep going there? Like, I don't remember that from when I've played Jackpot before. So I was playing it, and then. One of the moves you do is you kind of catch a ball dead on a flipper and it gives you time to have a little look at the play field and depending on if a ball starts still or whether it's rolling, it's where it will go when you flip it. So I caught it and I'm looking around the play field. All of a sudden, I get told my ball's dropped away. I was like, but I've got my flipper held up and I've caught it and it wasn't moving. I checked that. The table had a slight lead to the left. Right. So when you was on the left flipper, the ball was rolling off the flipper, even though you had the flipper angled up. I was like, ah, okay. That's not good. And then sort of like going round and uh, like Time Crisis, it had like the big like double gun set up and you um, pressed on the uh, the paddle, the big metal paddle at the bottom to like duck in and out of cover. But usually, again, I, I might be wrong, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but those are always quite loose when you played them. So, like, you, so you could you, you could just tap down where you had to, so you really, like, you know, you didn't have to, like, force. Yeah, they were very but, responsive, yeah. Yeah, this, I had to really step into it. 
And where you've got to step into it, where you obviously when you play time, you want to be set up so you've got your aim in, haven't you? Like, but when you have to step in, you can't get your aim because you're having to step in to do it to really get this thing down. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. The calibrations were off on a lot of the lot of the like the light guns. So House of the Dead, the calibration was off. Again, I, I first put it down to oh, maybe it's me, maybe it's my vision. But I had someone else complaining about it as well. Like there was another guy who was probably in his forties, fifties. Um, and he's going, oh, it wasn't like this when I played it. He was trying to, I think he was trying to show, like, show his kid all this stuff as well. He goes, oh, no, this is, this is much better. You know, it used to be like, oh, no, the calibration's off on this. And it's like, I don't think he was just doing it because he wasn't as good at it. I think the calibration on the shooting games was off. They had a few other things like test strength machines, like football kicking games and stuff like that. And none of it felt well maintained, which was disappointing for a place that is open only six hours a week yeah and this is where the hypocrisy comes in there's too many bloody kids in there <laughs> i don't i know i took lucas everything and i want the arcade to come alive and for the arcade to come alive you need the kids there's too many bloody kids in there not playing games properly ah <laughs> right i think that you should have some sort of an age limit so was the problem that they were too young and therefore they could yeah yeah, yeah. i think there needs to be like, like yeah eight maybe ten something like that yeah there were kids there. They were ragging at pinball tables. Like, no, don't do yeah, that. Yeah. That's not how you... No. Yeah. Don't hammer a pinball table. Movies have got a lot to answer for. Uh, yeah, there was kids like, he was like on Daytona. He's like, just like 80 laps. He's like, That's not how you do an arcade. I know it's on free play. Who said it to have 80 lap bloody races? Yeah, they should it sounds like the the whole experience isn't curated properly because I've been to one. No. I've been to two pop up ones, uh, one in Bristol and, and one in Manchester, and yeah. they were very well curated. So everything was. I mean, some of the joysticks weren't perfect, but you know they were original, so that's fine. Yeah, but you know everything was clean, everything was level. Um, they were. I don't think there were any games with settings where you could just freely play them forever you know uh so yeah. It, yeah you've really got to look after it you've got to put the effort in and you've got to think about your audience and who can come in and, and who can't kind of thing yeah and like, you know i want kids to go to arcades honestly because i mean I, I would take edith to an arcade she loves video games but i would make sure she's looking she's playing them properly in terms of like when i say playing them properly i don't mean oh you've got to be good at daytona or you've got to make sure you're you know this is how you play time crisis properly and get the best out of it i don't want to be maxing arcade games <laughs> but i would be going no you treat it with respect you put the you put the gun back in the holster properly you don't start smashing on like buttons on a, on daytona and stuff like that you don't start trying to rag the sticks around on on street on a uh, street fighter uh, and main arcade cabs you know you treat them with respect that that's what i mean by not using it properly not playing it properly i had a load of main cabs in there as well by the way which was good, but it made it sound like they had maybe like a couple of main cabs there just to offset, you know, so there was options for people because they can't, the area, you can't have loads of um, like original arcade cabinets in there because yeah. of the area it was. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe it was mainly emulated main cabinets in there, which was a shame. Ah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't a, wasn't a bad, for a fiver. For two hours, it wasn't a bad experience, but I think I build it up too much in my head. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's been done very well. I can't remember the exact amount I paid 
on mine, but it was much more than that. I think it was it was probably more around twelve or fifteen quid. Yeah, and even then, that felt like a bargain because I, if I'd put it this way, if they if you'd put me in an arcade with a bag of money and two or three hours, I'd have spent a lot more than twelve or fifteen pounds. I can tell you that. You know, you're talking yeah. thirty or forty quid. So it was a bargain. It yeah. really was a bargain. Five pounds for me, that sounds far too low. Two pound fifty an hour, that's you know, that sounds like they're going for getting the largest number of people in to scrape a small amount of so, money. So yeah, it's in South End. So down the other end of the high street, you've got the beat, the seafront with all the actual arcades in it. You know, the modern day arcades where it's like grab machines and uh, like ticket machines yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so I get why it's cheap because you're competing with, with those as well. And in all honesty, for the five you've paid, looking at it back, yeah, it is now what I think it probably would have been. Um, I kind of want to take some of those machines home and give them love and restore yeah. them. Um, on the plus side, though, we within half hour of leaving, me and Lucas have decided we're going to Daventry in August to Pinfest because they do a weekend pinball oh, festival nice. type thing. Nice. So we're going to get a hotel, do a weekend in Daventry and play play some pinball but there's also a place in Croydon called Pinball Republic which is 15 quid for three hours yeah and it's just it's got like 50 odd pinball tables in there oh lovely including some like it's got like latest 2021 physical tables in there so we're gonna check that out as well when uh, you know again if I I don't want to waste it so I'm hoping I can get a get a day where I've got some good improvement in my eyes before they go to, to crap again uh, because again, that's what I've got to do. I've got to like go right. What can I do in these, these this day where I seem to have half decent vision? Yeah, understandable. No, that sounds like a really good idea to go there. Um, yeah, you have to report back and say how how good it was. Because oh, yeah, I'm tempted to make a trip to Croydon just to play just to play on those. Yes. Oh, you can stay with us if you want to come down for a weekend and go to Croydon. You can stay with us. Oh, very kind. Thank you. In my bed with me. <laughs> Knew that was coming. I'll get I'll get the chaps out. Nice. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's good. Um, and just just to finish off on that, and sort of like what it's all going about. I've also got uh, you've seen the picture. I'll, I'll put it up on the website when I do the podcast up. Uh, but I've got a uh, my pinball set up at home now. Now I can't, I haven't got room or money for a proper table, even a proper virtual table. So I've got someone off the forum made me a uh, a pinball box controller. Uh, which is really like it's basically so it's, it's fairly small but it fits on my desk it's made of wood with arcade buttons at the side and and stuff like that to give me like the idea of real pinball on a on a virtual pinball table really cool me and lucas are having high score competitions on it edith started playing it she she, she really loves it um, i'll put the fitness i've done a little video of her playing it she just absolutely adores it um, yeah we're all getting into pinball which is which is really cool excellent it's always good when the whole family get into something like that you know yeah <laughs> the only thing i can remember that you know i had to like fight my parents to get off was crossfire when i was a kid because they bought me that and then all they wanted to do was play it because they loved it <laughs> oh it's really yeah. good do you remember crossfire i do yes yeah. yeah for the audience's benefit you it was like a little table and there were little guns at each end and you you used them to fire uh ball bearings at a little like a puck in the middle of the table and you had to get it into each other's goal so a bit like wind jammers yeah. but you know with 
ball bearings. Uh, that was really good. I loved that. So, right, actually, this reminds me. One thing they did have, uh, again, I, I lost badly at this because, I, I, again, I can't see. And I've got no depth perception when I can see a little bit as well. They got a, a game called um, uh, Speedball. It's a physical game. Um, and it's basically, it's physical pog. Okay. Like so air you've hockey. Got, sort of. In terms of, yeah, you've got one, uh, so you've got a dome that you're in, like you stand either side of. But basically, yeah, you've got two paddles that you can slide side to side. Um, and then you press in and they flip the paddles forward. And someone's got the same at the other end. And you get this, um, this like giant ball bearing that you're flicking and trying to do. But oh, yeah, it's, awesome. it's kind of like, yeah, I'm like, I've never seen this before. I'll, I'll, again, I'll try the, for the actual post on the site. I'll try to get a picture of what it is. I'll see if I can Google it and find it. But it was just so good. I was like, why is this not a thing? Why, why have I only seen this for the first time? Yeah. But yeah, it was really, that was really fun. Oh, that's so cool. That was worth the five for a load, honestly. That and the pinball tables. That's, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, never come across one of those, but I really want to now because that sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link to what it was. I'll, I'll Google it and find it because I know exactly what it is we played, obviously. And I'll show you it. But yeah, it's just really cool. If anyone's ever heard of that, on, tell us on Twitter. Call me and Stu out if we, like, for never hearing of this before. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd love to own, like, a, a, an area where you just have, like, pinball. Just everything. I'd love to have something like that. Yeah. Uh, but also, I think, if you look at the high street now, in Westcliff. There's still a closed down Blockbuster video. Oh, God. Now, how long ago did Blockbuster video close down? God, what? 2002? So, 2003? Yeah. You know, a couple of, like, stragglers probably into maybe the late, early 2000, like, like say, to 2006, 2007, a yeah. couple of the stragglers. Yeah. Right, so give it benefit of the doubt, right? This Blockbuster shut down, let's say 2010, over 10, 11, 12 years ago. At, why is that space still empty? Yeah, I know. And again, I know it's right, I'm looking at that going, that, you could fit a mini arcade in. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I think this is what we need to do, is look at these spaces. Not arcades as such, but what can we put in there? What what can we put into these spaces now? Let's get people together. Into, you know, could you have a, a place for like, card, card, tabletop card games and board games and stuff like that? Yeah book clubs or, or whatever you know let's use these spaces for what they what they can be. i know and the irony is that it would be very easy and i bet you people have looked at doing that and then been put off by the cost even though like you said you know that blockbuster's been closed at least 12 years uh, yeah. we've had like you know when argos moved to this model of they've only got like either the big out-of-town ones or they've got... Or in Sainsbury's. Or in Sainsbury's, yeah. That's what I was going to yep. say. And we that happened where I live and the one that was Argos has now been empty for... Oh, it's got to be at least five years, but I think it's probably more like six, maybe even seven. And it's just never been taken up. So why aren't they just charging half the rent, a quarter of the rent? Just, so, you know, because there, there should be somebody in there. And you could turn it, you could turn that space into something really good. Yeah, that, that, that's okay. People will blame lack of consumerism and stuff like that for why why the high street. No, the high street's died because rents are too high. It is. Yeah. You can't risk. You can't put a risky business somewhere because you can't afford it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. If you're not going to allow people to put business there, turn them into homes. But yes, the fact this blockbuster video is still there with all the fasciers and everything there, 
insane. Because as we drove past, I went, what year were we in? I know, that is absolutely mental. Yeah, but that could be it. What they could do, I mean, it is a good idea for a business, right? This is this is why I've got a business brain. You could take that empty blockbuster video, right? And what you do is you get all, do you know, like digital media? I do. Like your sods, your videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. What you do is you get that digital media, you put it on something physical, right? And then you put that physical thing on the shelf and you allow people to come in and get that physical media. So they haven't got to download it. <laughs> and then they, they pay you to borrow it for a little bit and then return it. It's a radical idea. I know, you could put that. If you put that where that blockbuster video was, you know, you got the space for it. What a great idea. No, that is, I mean, yeah. you know, you could use it for, for any of those sorts of things. It would be it would be a really good idea. But, yeah, capitalism. Or or a space for people with mental health difficulties, homelessness, anything they could go to for chats, whatever. You know, even turn it into a bloody coffee shop. What Just something social stuff yeah Let's you're talking mate that's just madness social. that's just crazy oh, talk no. now giving something back to the community what are you even thinking yeah you know open it up right just open the doors and let homeless people squat in there you know roof over their head in an empty building yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I know once you start talking about this stuff it's very difficult not to Get onto your socialist soapbox and... Uh, yes, yeah, I know. I know. I know exactly. So in which mean. case, I will shut up now. <laughs> okay. What I would say on the end of that is, yeah, if they if they did lower the prices of the rents, I think that would be a brilliant idea because then there would be more kind of little cooperative style places with lots of different variations going on. And I think if, if they want, if they don't want to just sell that space off for flats or whatever in, the, in city centres, then that's what they could do. Lower the rents, allow... A, a more diverse a range of businesses in like big cities do you know and neither of us live in big cities and you know it's the high streets are dying because of their their intransigence when it comes to this anyway there you go that's what i'm leaving on i'm gonna you know leave you alone stop my socialist ranting and let you get on with your lives <laughs> so <laughs> as usual follow us on all the socials check out our content on youtube Join the Discord so you can have the chat with us on there. We'll try and put some more pictures up on Twitter. I'll try and remember to actually bother doing that. I'm, I'm very crap with social media. I apologise. And apart from that, enjoy your gaming. Enjoy Horizon, which unfortunately didn't arrive in time for me to review on today's podcast. But uh, yeah, enjoy that as well. Have a great weekend. Stay safe and stay safe. Stay safe.